0: Hello, adventurers! Lovely Hi, to see everyone today. Hi, Brent. So good to see Hi. you. Hi. Highly happy face.
1: Good to hang out with you,
0: Yeah. So, first things first, what is our adventure today? Who are we? We are doing, who are the firm? Mm. Waiting on the journey near the second beach. Those are the only instructions that the firm sent you. An exclusive invitation to become an agent for the mysterious organization. Your first mission, rendezvous with your handler at Grange Jetty in Adelaide. But who are the firm and what are they really after? You now find yourself at the center of a high stakes game that will decide the fate of the planet. Search for hidden treasure, face down dangerous enemies, and, if you can, avoid becoming the victim of foul play. Only you can unravel the firm's true motivations. But will you expose the mystery or become just another pawn in the grand conspiracy taking place on the streets of Grange?
1: Ooh Interesting. Dun, 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 dun.
0: So uh, this particular story was made by the absolutely uh, wonderful, charming and delightful Michael Scott Hand. Um, Michael is a very, very, very deep introvert. Um, so he uh, is not uh, necessarily... Um, Excited by the prospect of streaming to a live audience. Um, So we have uh, said to him, that is okay. We can still adventure based on this wonderful tale you have made us. Um, But I thought that what I would do a little bit, seeing as Michael wasn't here to introduce himself, that I would uh, give you a a little bit about Michael um, from his website. Um, Now, this about section will give you an idea of the... uh, the type of prose uh to to uh, expect so uh on his website here in the about section um it uh is written as though someone else is talking about michael uh, a person called kathras hawthorne review of unknown artist 1866 and this is what they say about michael with humility Michael broaches the questions, at the very core of human existence, and each work stands as a testament to his limitless imagination. It is brilliant to a word, unsurprising from one such as he, a creative and determined genius inclined to, yet not defined by a melancholy and madness. Delving into the depths of his mind, Michael seeks to unite to separate themes and ideas with remarkable wit, clarity and skill. Truly, he is il homini fantastique. If you are fortunate enough to be reading this, I urge you to linger here a little while longer and explore the vast range of works available. Each moment you spend upon this site will surely leave an indelible mark upon your soul. As such, I declare with the utmost enthusiasm that Michael Scott Hand is a true visionary, a master of the imagination who excels in every endeavor he sets his mind to. Michael exists in a realm apart from ours, a place of boundless terror and beauty. So I very much enjoy when uh, people spoof their own bios. So mm-hmm. thank you, Michael. That gives people a little bit of a taste of like the type of adventure that we uh, can expect: grand, sweeping, irreverent, a little bit silly. Um, so uh, I, I'm excited to kind of delve in. In, into this this week, um, but also I wanted to introduce everybody to the artist for this particular piece as well, because you'll be seeing a bunch of her artwork. It's man, uh, it's Amanda, Amanda Nung. Um, so she is an illustrator. She's a visual artist in South Australia. Uh, she enjoys working. Um, on her own as well as doing collaborations. She is open for commissions. Anyone who enjoys her work uh, this week. Um, So she's inspired by movement and mood. So she has a passion for portraiture. Um, She does a lot of creative typography. Um, She does uh, storyboarding, character design. Um, And as you'll see in this piece, she does beautiful, beautiful watercolor and ink paintings. Um, And so they're very kind of expressive um, to convey kind of the emotions in the story. So. Um, this is just uh, really beautiful work from Amanda uh, who has her own little human now and, uh, and, and unfortunately couldn't be with us because she has to be mum. And uh, thank you very much, Amanda, for contributing this gorgeous artwork to this wonderful Choose Your Own Adventure. So today we are going to be exploring um, a seaside area of the Australian city of Adelaide called Grange. Um, it is technically a different city. It's known as the city of Charles Sturt um and uh it's this lovely kind of seaside area of the city um you know where the sun sets over the ocean um very very uh, lovely area um but first i just wanted to say hello to everyone and uh, maybe i thought brett we, we could catch up how is your week been what has been like your top whether it's a game a piece of content what has been your top thing that you have consumed this week
1: Mm. Well, I think I think the artistic thing of this last week was something I was part of. Um, <clears throat> I was singing with a classical choir from Edmonton called Pro Coro, uh, singing Rachmaninoff's Vespers, or also known as the the All Night Vigil, which is uh, um, a really one of the great choral works. Uh, Rachmaninoff has written some amazing stuff, and the whole piece is about I think sixty five or seventy minutes. Um, broken up into its little parts but basically we walked on stage and sang the whole thing over 70 minutes and walked off stage it's quite uh it's a a bit of a singing marathon but the the experience is really cool um and I've sung that work a few times it's always like really really fun to do I like it a lot
0: do you feel like your lungs have expanded that you can run a marathon now
1: absolutely the other part of it is that I feel like I my my left shoulder is has been strengthened because you're holding up, uh, all the music for the entire, the entire, uh, work (laughs) for about 70 minutes at a time. And you, uh, you get some shoulder strength out of that, some endurance.
0: Uh, That sounds like, you know, like maybe, maybe like a phone would be easier, but no. Uh, I,
1: I use, uh, I, I do actually use a digital device. I use a tablet yeah. Um, but tablets themselves are usually pretty heavy too. That's so the, the tablet plus the, the folder that you hold everything in. And, uh, you know, I mean, really just your arm holding up your arm for 70 minutes straight is a, a thing in itself, really.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Um, <laughs> having to hold a tiny little human every day mm-hmm. and, and just mm-hmm. even, even just like when you're trying to hold something to your body, it's like exhausting. So I like to speak. Yeah, you must have guns of steel. There you go.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Handy. <laughs> bring in all the ladies. <laughs> um, I think that for me, um, the favorite thing that I have been consuming at the moment is that I've been watching the Orville. Um, oh, great. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, the Orville is essentially kind of it. It, it started off it was meant to be kind of like a spoof of Star Trek. Um. And so um, it, it has this wonderful nostalgia because it gets all of like the sounds right for like, you know, the doors opening in the spaceship and, you know, the sound of them going into like quantum space and like all of these kind of things that like, and then the big sweeping like, you know, orchestral scores and, you know, it just gives you the, like the real nostalgic feels for like old school Star Trek. Um, But then, you know, they'll have absolutely ridiculous scenes where like one of the crew members finds out that one of their alien commanders has like an iron stomach and can literally eat anything. And so they like will offer him like a napkin and they get him to eat a cactus. And like so like it's, it's, it's meant to be irreverent. It's meant to be funny. They're, like, the main captain and the first officer used to be married, but now they're divorced because one cheated on the other, and so, like, that causes, like, very funny conflicts. And so, like, I, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's on Disney Plus, at least in North America, um, and uh, the Orville is just, it's, it's it's delightfully funny and nostalgic, and I, I highly recommend it. It does this, and but it isn't all silly, right? It does this great balance of quite serious, like this. This is, you know, like like serious kind of star, tricky kind of vibes. But then it explores um, uh, things that I would consider uh, more contemporary to our time, as
1: it were. So. Well, Seth MacFarlane is kind of a big sci-fi nerd. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's his project over as a whole, mm. um, and he's done lots of cool things in in different uh, sci-fi and and science and futurality tech um one of my favorite uh works i don't like it's uh what's the, i don't know what the best word i'm just going to say works my, one of my favorite scientific works is just the cosmos series by carl sagan um and uh i think seth funded uh
0: oh sorry brett we've lost your uh your audio there oh hello oh yeah there we go perfect sorry uh hello? you got as far as he funded
1: yeah, he funded a new version of uh, Cosmos and uh, redid that, I think, with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, and it's just a really cool show. Uh, Cosmos kind of explores the nature of the universe and the nature of scientific discovery throughout the ages. Uh, and so the modernized version, it's really gets to update a bit on what we've, we've done since then. And and I don't know, I think it's very cool. Um you know, Star Trek lovers and sci-fi lovers and future tech lovers, you know, that kind of all goes hand in hand. So Cosmos is a really cool thing that uh, Seth did alongside uh, making the Orville.
0: Nice. I love that a lot. Well, now, everyone, it is adventure time. Let's jump into this delightful piece by Michael Scott Hand. So, as we said, we are currently here in the uh lovely lovely uh seaside area of uh uh, Adelaide in um uh, the Grange area and uh and this here is the jetty that comes out so Adelaide has just a ton of beaches all up and down um the, the Western side and uh, and uh, a lot of these beaches will have jetties. Now, the reason why I really used to kind of like the the Grange area is because there's a really cool cafe kind of up this mm. area. And a little bit further on from Grange is Henley Beach where you are allowed to drink on the beach. And by drink, I mean alcohol. So nice. um, I, uh, I uh, uh, would go on my birthday to the beach uh, with friends at a portable barbecue, uh, and we would drink it up and have fun on the beach um, during Australian summer, which can get incredibly hot in Adelaide. Uh, if you mm-hmm. hit a heat wave week, it can get um, to above 40 degrees Celsius uh, wow. with, uh, with uh, not going below 30 degrees at night time. So bit of fun, bit of fun. That's pretty uh, intense. It is very intense. Um, so for those of you who might be listening on our podcast form, we are on a lovely wooden jetty. A lot of people will fish off this jetty, generally for like um, squid uh, and, and, and those kind of things. But uh, this particular photograph was taken at uh, twilight. So yeah. Um, there's a there's a, a surf club and a and a pub and all of that kind of like lining the uh, lining the the beach there um, and uh, just a very quaint lovely quaint little seaside town uh, and this is where we meet our handler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, if we maybe have uh uh Brett do you want to start off with the uh the characters and sure. uh, and I will do the narration for this one and we'll switch over the next
1: Great yeah yeah
0: Yeah all right let's do this Okay we are at the Grange jetty on Second Beach Wait on the jetty near the Second Beach those were the only instructions that the firm sent to you The rest is shrouded in mystery, who they are and what they do. All that you know for sure is they are looking for a person of your specific talents. You have been handpicked to be here to meet with your handler, your liaison with a mysterious organization, and you're determined to solve at least one mystery today. On both sides of the beach, you see seaweed strewn across the sand like unkept tangles of mermaid hair. A variety of people are walking up and down the jetty, many of them staring at the screens of their phones. There is a laid-back atmosphere here, a chilled-out vibe of a coastal community. Seabirds drift lazily about the thermals, tracing invisible spirals in the air. There's a tap on your shoulder. A man stands behind you, wearing a trench coat. He is the sort of fellow who seems to wear the trench coat convincingly, as though he would wear it no matter the weather or time of day. Walk
1: with, Walk me. with me.
0: Sorry, Brett. Apologies. I'll leave that to you. Walk with me. Your handler says in a voice that is deep and sonorous, he takes a few steps towards the coast. You follow at your handler's heels.
1: Why am I here?
0: But your handler seems more preoccupied with the wooden planks beneath your feet. His demeanour suddenly grows warm as he tells you.
1: Jarrah wood. Each one still shows the character of the tree it was stripped from. See the markings in the grain?
0: Your handler clearly feels some kinship with these nostalgic wooden planks. Many of the indentations have filled up with sand, smoothing the surface of the jetty like putty.
1: I don't even know your name, you say. And you're telling me about Wood? I don't know your name either,
0: he says, then continues blank-faced.
1: To me, you are simply Recruit 458, and I've been sent to protect you. To protect me from what?
0: Your handler points out across the deep blue ocean and the rolling waves.
1: Do you see that?
0: Squinting, you make up the hulking shadow of a ship. On the horizon, a green light flickers somewhere above the deck.
1: The firm is watching,
0: he says.
1: Everything that you say and do from this moment forward is being tracked and recorded. Protect me from what?
0: You insist.
1: From making bad decisions.
0: Your handler replies, and there's that hint of a smile again, creeping across his face, a flickering emotion like an old TV channel. Your handler spreads his arms wide to encompass the scope of the beach, stretching away in both directions.
1: But now you must decide. If you're a warrior, battle-hardened, and eager to engage in the most explosive of the firm's missions, then you must check in at the Marines. It's Australia's only three-storey Victorian beachside dwelling. In fact, you can see it from here. Didn't you say there was a decision?
0: Your handler is smiling broadly now, and despite the fact that he's standing right there in front of you, there's a certain fuzziness about him. Trying to read his face is like trying to tell how a person was feeling on the day an old photograph was taken.
1: Perhaps you're inclined to ask more questions? To watch from afar? If that's the case, then seek out a memorial bench not far from here. I think you will find it the perfect place to sit and contemplate the strange situation you find yourself in. These choices seem kind of cryptic. What's the catch?
0: You ask.
1: Only that you must decide.
0: Your handler tells you slyly. So... Which will it be? Do you go to the Marines where they require a warrior or the memorial where they require a thinker?
1: Oh, mm-hmm.
0: cool. Brett.
1: I like Ooh. the, uh, the uh, really clear juxtaposition of choices. Sometimes mm-hmm. the, the actions are a little more ambiguous or you're not quite sure what the choice might be might do but the, the the stark clarity that's saying warrior versus thinker how do you want to approach problems in this story that's really that's very cool
0: mm-hmm. so uh i uh also wanted to point out here because i i don't think we could see this i might have to bring the um i might have to bring this this window up a little bit but when i was scrolling around to show everyone the planks mm-hmm. <laughs> We got to see uh-huh. <laughs> the lovely Amazing. person who, who was taking the photograph. And so here's me now feeling like I'm stepping into the shoes of a slightly bald man um, in a white T-shirt as the uh, <laughs> as new recruit 458. He's now become my mascot for the walk.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> Thank you, kind stranger.
1: <laughs> well, if we're taking cues from this fellow, I mean a shaved head is definitely kind of a Marines kind of kind of move here.
0: That is true. That
1: um, is true. I also I like I like solving puzzles and that puzzles and that sort of thing. So the thinker is uh, pretty appealing to me. Um, I don't know. Where are you leaning here, Emily? Do you know this do you know most of this story? Oh I do. back and forth like the back of your warrior and thinking hand back
0: of my warrior hand so i can't remember if we split off where Mm -hmm. we are going to end up right because like i remember vaguely eight different endings but could i tell you what direction i was going in for them no um so i um i mean like he is very cryptic he is wearing Mm -hmm. a trench coat in like it's currently Australian summer. Like it's not going to be Australian winter. Right. So like we're assuming Australian summer here. So he's wearing a trench coat in Australian summer, which is like Uh highly dodgy. Uh right? Like I, I, I do feel like this is probably a time where I would step back and be a little bit more suspicious and a little bit more of a thinker rather than like gun ho let's recruit four, five, eight this baby. Like, so as much as I love, um, this building, the Marines building, so you can actually see it from here. So this is the three-story building, and maybe I'll like just take a brief detour to show you guys what it looks like because it is beautiful. Um, this you know it's the only Victorian three-story building on a beach in Australia. Um, it's gorgeous. Uh, so maybe I'll take sort of a little detour there. But I am leaning towards the thinker as well.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's do let's it. Think our way through this. All right, we're gonna go to the memorial bench, everyone.
0: Uh, So uh, that means we are going to be in the Memorial Bench, that guy down there, so we're down near Beach Street. But first, let's take a quick swing over to the Marines um, so that you guys can see this very, very uh, beautiful building. So... So this here is the Marines.
1: Mm, cool.
0: Yeah. So it's this, um, so they're all like little, so they, they call them workmen's apartments. So mm-hmm. like, so people would be, they would have been like, um, so I think it's called the Marines because it, it did used to house Marines or like sailors. Um, mm-hmm. And so this kind of like brick front, um, any of you who uh, came to, um, the Mark Jackson episode and discovered, like, Port Adelaide. Like, this is a very kind of Adelaidean, this, this kind of blue slate um, brick. Uh, and then these kind of, like, terraced, um, they, they were, like, tiny apartments um, that, that they would essentially house, like sailors or white-collar workers or uh, um, all those kind of things, like single, single people, single and ready to mingle, um, as it were. Uh, back in the early kind of uh, era in Australia,
1: mm, mm-hmm. so, saucy, uh,
0: yes, yes, and so these are so these are all kind of different. So you've got the palm trees, and then there are these kind of like very kind of spiky. Um, I think these are Norfolk pines um, as well. So you can kind of see very sandy, lovely walking path along the beach, um, and then that's the the jetty from from afar. Um, as well, so yeah, I just wanted to show you that building because it is like a really lovely building in this area. So,
1: I, I admit now that uh, I'm not totally aware of uh, Australia's history um, when when it was sort of colonized, and so when these, how old this building might have been.
0: Yeah, so it it um, so Victorian, so so South Australia was colonized uh, by white folk. Um, fairly early in the peace um it was the uh only state to have um to not be to not be colonized necessarily by the convict boats but by free men and women coming in um right. and so uh, of course you know this negates all of pre-Indigenous history, like 60,000 years of Of course, yeah, history. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, like, Victor- so so those Marine ones, so Victorian era was like 1890s, ni- so um, not that old in the grand scheme of, you know, like buildings in Europe and, and cave, you know, paintings and artefacts in Australia, uh, but... Um, yeah, so South Australians uh, are a little bit snooty about the fact that they were one of the only states that was not colonised by convicts but uh, free, men and, free men and women. Um, and uh, and the, the ship that they came over, the Clipper of Adelaide, um, we actually saw that boat um it still exists uh it's it shell still exists, and we actually saw that boat in episode three for anyone who was interested um, of the podcast that we did with mike jackson mark jackson in uh, port adelaide that's where the clipper now rests um and still exists uh and uh and and that's uh um, and that's actually the ship that they came on in the early 1800s um here in south australia so um that's kind of the, the history in, in Adelaide, uh, quite similar, I suppose, to Canada, although Canada um, I think was a little bit earlier, um, but uh, in terms of its colonial history. Um, uh, but this, um, this area in, in particular um, was that. So um, our memorial bench is actually just here with these lovely folk are. Um, mm-hmm. so we can kind of we can glance out over the over the river here, over the um, sorry, the ocean here. Uh with our Norfolk Pines and uh, we'll just join our two mates here on the bench. Um Um okay. Brett.
1: Alright As you reach the first of the memorial benches, you notice that your handler is already there, waiting for you. His hands are buried deep in the pockets of his coat, and he is staring out at the rolling blue ocean.
0: Her special place,
1: he says, motioning to the plaque on the bench.
0: And it is a special place, don't you think?
1: You look out at the wind-blasted dunes, the archaic coastal plants that have grown here for centuries, seeding and resprouting, clinging to the shore with all their effort. Every cell finely tuned to existing in the here and now.
0: The plants never question,
1: says your handler.
0: They simply grow. They're perfect in a way. They're built to purpose. Sometimes it's important to stop and think about these things. There is such a vastness of water out there. It gives perspective to be a part of something that grand, don't you think?
1: To be honest, you're not sure exactly how it makes you feel. Now it might be a good good time to have a mint.
0: A great explorer, Charles Sturt, lived not far from here. He devoted much of his life to searching for a gigantic inland sea in central Australia. A sea he never found. Imagine seeking something for your entire life that you never end up finding. Would you regret such a search? Would you go back and do things differently? The
1: second time, the handler swipes at the air, releasing a handful of sand in a swirling eddy and an image appears before you. The holographic picture seems to flicker back and forth between contrasting extremes. You glimpse a lady in an old fashioned one piece swimsuit, sharing an ice cream with her bow. But then the scene rapidly disintegrates into that of a bleak future, a turbulent sky of hissing clouds that you're certain are brimming with acid rain.
0: You've witnessed but a glimpse of what was and what could be,
1: says your handler.
0: Only you are able to prevent such a future from unfolding. All of the tools of the firm are at your disposal, but it is up to you how you proceed, by looking either forwards or back.
1: If you wish to look for a solution to this dark future in the past, seek out Charles Sturt's mythical inland sea. Or, if you prefer to look into the future to avert humanity's doom, uh, go to St. Agnes' Anglican Church.
0: Mm. Mm. Look, how beautiful is this image? Like, can we just take in Amanda's artwork in this one here? Like, it's just gorgeous.
1: The old One Piece swimsuit and her bow having ice cream? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love, like, because you, you can see, like, you can see the, the, the watercolor paper she worked on as well. Like, I just love mm. that that vibe
1: right mm-hmm.
0: um it uh it just i don't know it feels it lends like a um when you think of like you know spy novels and men in trench coats like it kind of it it lends that feel to like a you know like the old school like um serialized like um stories in the papers that's, mm-hmm. like, that's mm-hmm. kind of
1: like the vibe that i yeah the old yeah. form comics too yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so are we uh, looking for a solution uh, to this dark future in the past or are we preferring to look forward to avert
1: our doom? Well, first, it's interesting to me that we are, uh, and I say, you know, because we're in the start of the story, we're very much working with the firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like we're just sort of going along with the flow, going along with whatever this handler says. There's, there, there isn't much conflict. When the when at the start of the story, I thought we'd be kind of at odds with them. I'm interested to see when that that comes up or not. Um, I'm it's interesting to say look for a solution to the dark future in the past. Um, as if there'd be some tool that is beyond what we have right now to change the uh, um, change the dark future when the dark future hasn't yet arrived here. So I feel like, couldn't we just do that in the present? So what is the what is the advantage here? And or you know, if we're looking at going to the future, then I mean, absolutely, we will see what actually has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, what 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 future are we beholding? Mm -hmm. So this this one almost seems like it's you must choose the future because this is how we see what uh, see what actually has gone wrong, so we can figure out what we need to do. Um, I, I always appreciate, you know, looking into history and into the past in terms of like correcting our past mistakes and learning, you know, like that's a huge part of like humanity progressing forward. But this one just seems like a, a you must pick the future to see what actually happens.
0: You don't think necessarily that by picking the future and knowing what happens that you like almost cement it in a way.
1: Like a mm, self-fulfilling prophecy. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, like the, the idea that if you know how you're going to die, you trying to avert it is what ends up causing that, that death, right?
1: Well, I mean if the if the loop's already closed and, and fate is set, then no choice matters. <laughs> but I'm I'm under I'm under the presumption that my choices matter. Uh and I feel like abandoning that that uh, perspective is a little folly when you're choosing your own adventure.
0: Okay. Fair. All right. Well, let's look into the future then. We're going to make, although, like, it's, it's interesting that you're looking into the future at a church, uh, mm-hmm. which feels like looking into the past.
1: But, yeah. uh,
0: you know, but that's, uh, you know, that's a philosophical uh, uh, note for another time. Um, okay. So that means that we are making our way to St. Agnes' Church. Uh, which is going to be inland just a little bit sorry guys we're taking you away from beautiful beach my apologies Uh, i think
1: there's another cool thing about that is that um the format of these stories require that you the the author has picked places that you could walk to right (laughs) and so so sometimes they'll have to choose things that wouldn't be uh exactly what you would write in a story (laughs) um and I know people, off, people often think that restrictions like that can, are, are more of a, a clamp on storytelling, but actually restrictions are often where we get the most creativity where oh, we don't have 100%. the options. And so we need to like, we need to be extra creative to make the the limited choices we have sort of like really, I was going to say sing, but uh, mm. speak as a story. So I think that's pretty cool. There's, um, uh,
0: there's actually a, a lyric that I, I think about a lot. Um, uh that's a uh, from them crooked vultures um which is a uh super group made up of a of a um you know someone from like the queens of the stone age and someone from the foo fighters and like they all kind of came together and formed a super group and they made one album and there's a song in there um, and there's a lyric that says uh you can't always do what's right but you can do what's left and mm. um and i really nice. like that as a like as a as a line and a lyric to think about, because sometimes like there is no right and sometimes the only choices you can make are the ones that are left to you.
1: Mm-hmm. and it's the 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 cute play on the words of of the directions of right and left and and what our society associates with like good and bad. and that's that's a there's a lot packed into that. That's a really cool lyric. Yeah,
0: yeah. I uh, highly recommend them crooked vultures. Check it out. Um, all right, so we've gone to St. Ag- Agnes's Church. We're looking into the future. Are we ready, Brett? You get to take this one away.
1: As the sign here reads, this is the second bell tower to be constructed at this point.
0: There's something matter-of-fact about the way your handler speaks that reminds you of a university professor.
1: The first became unsettled because of shifting earth beneath our feet. Yet if I told you that what was responsible for that, you'd think I was crazy.
0: With this cryptic statement, your handler strides off, leading you down the side of the church to the memorial garden where rose bushes grow against the fence.
1: A wise man once said that if you move even just your hand, everything else in the universe also moves.
0: You're not quite sure what... To make of that, except that it sounds like something you once read inside a fortune cookie. The thought makes you hungry enough that you should probably eat a mint before the handler continues speaking.
1: That is why you've been recruited. To be the moving hand of the firm. You're capable of doing what the rest of us cannot. But you can move. You're doing it right now.
0: (laughs) You say? Your handler approaches one of the rose bushes at the back of the garden.
1: To cause material change, you must first be material.
0: Your handler reaches out for a rose bush and closes his hand over the thorns. You wince, but a moment later, your handler shows you the palm of his hand, the skin unblemished.
1: How did you do that?
0: You stammer.
1: Are you are, are you a ghost?
0: Your handler laughs a booming, resonant sound that fills the garden and bounces back at you off the church.
1: (laughs) No, I'm not a ghost. I'm a hologram, sent from the future. How does that work? It's complicated.
0: He says, dismissing your question as easily as one might change their Facebook status.
1: Every action you take, every move you make has an impact on the world. Simply by being here now, you're altering the future. You're helping to prepare this place, Grange, for what comes next. What does come next?
0: You ask.
1: And if you're from the future, prove it. With next week's lottery numbers, for example.
0: You both laugh awkwardly for a moment before fading to silence.
1: Seriously, I could use those numbers.
0: The handler clears his throat before hurrying on.
1: What comes next, I'm afraid, is unavoidable. But the impact of those events may yet be mitigated. It all depends on the choices you make. Is it a prerequisite of time travel that you only speak in riddles?
0: You ask.
1: An unfortunate side effect.
0: Says your handler.
1: So then one final riddle on the paradox of humanity why do we always yearn to see the future and change the past yet so rarely yearn to see the past and change the future you have a choice recruit i can show you what comes next but if i do you will not be able to return to this timeline alternatively you can change the future in the here and now by helping us to obtain a weapon of cosmic proportions this weapon May be used to counteract future situations that will inevitably arise. If you choose this option, I will not be able to guarantee your safety, but I can assure you that you will be ensuring the safety of many others in Grange, nay, the entire planet.
0: The choice is yours. Will you accept the firm's mission to enable a powerful secret weapon that's hidden nearby in the Kilcardi Reserve? You don't need to see the future to want to change it or head back to the beach to the sculpture of the sea eagle in order to see what comes next. The idea of unleashing some mysterious super weapon without knowing the facts doesn't sit right with you. You're determined to make your own plans to help protect the future. Brett, even more ambiguous choices now.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like this one is also a little clear cut. Um, at, at least for me, with as, as, as sort of metagaming here, mm-hmm. the idea that the firm is a little... Something is a little off about them. And, uh, you know, the, the title of the whole thing is who is the firm or who are the firm. Like, we're already, you know, we're already set up to be questioning these these yahoos right from the get-go. And this guy is being really cagey. He don't know quite what's going on. It's um, so the idea of, of helping this this man or this organization find a super weapon that they can they can use for whatever means necessary um, when the only thing they've said is what comes next um, and they even say that's unavoidable anyways so it's, it's not even clear how they would fight this thing if it's even a thing or a being um, so I, I would certainly lead towards uh, um, seeing what comes next before I make any decisions here
0: Mm. Um, it's interesting because like one of the things that he says in here is that, um, uh, that that by by simply being here now, you're altering the future. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, yes, I was right. You know, that that you know, just by coming to the future, you know, we we are altering it. But he doesn't say for the better or the worse mm-hmm. right which which I was only just realising now when I came back and, and had a look at it um, I assumed for like the worst but like it doesn't actually say um, mm-hmm. so like um, yeah so saying the weapon may be used to counteract the future um but you can't guarantee your safety, whereas if you see what comes next, you won't be able to return back to this point of choosing, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm. That's super fair. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me it's pretty
0: clear, pretty clear that I, I need more something. information. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to the ocean, to the Sea Eagle Sculpture. Uh, which is a little bit further down the road here and should be right over here somewhere. Oh, there it is. So this here is the Sea Eagle Sculpture, so it's a a bunch of uh, standing pieces um, uh, that have uh, an eagle and an eagle's nest on the top there.
1: hmm cool.
0: Yeah, so, again, beautiful Esplanade area, very fancy homes, uh, as you can see there, um, but, like, yeah, beachfront property for days. Um, okay. So we're going to see eagle sculpture. Brett
1: this is you this is our ending take it away Mm, okay you make your way back to the beach looking for the sea eagle sculpture that's perched atop a hewn wooden beam once again your handler is waiting for you hands buried in the pockets of his trench coat above you both the sea eagle watches from on high the future approaches prepare yourself for what comes next your handler says without turning. I totally took your part, hey. Eh?
0: That's fine. Keep Okay, going. you
1: can... All right. <laughs> he motions for you to follow him past the eagle and onto the beach Then instructs you to draw a circle on the sand and sit down within it. Perhaps have a mint while you're waiting. Keep getting these mint drops. I wonder if the author was obsessed with mints or if something else is going well, on that's there. What I, like, I was
0: wondering. I was like, did I miss something in the description that talks about mints? And I don't think so, but...
1: Uh, What happens next is, at first, subtle, like the sun slowly dipping beneath the horizon. If you blink, you might have missed it. First, a boat appears on the water. Those on board seem to be wearing gas masks, if not astronaut suits. The sky has changed color, and the air smells different. Your handler, too, has vanished, not even bothering to say goodbye. As you look around for him, you notice that all the buildings along the beach are gone, and only ruins remain the sea eagle impossibly remains it cuts a striking silhouette against the crimson sky behind you the boat draws up to the sand and the figures get off one of them is holding what appears to be a geiger counter you can hear the telltale clicking sound that it makes as he swings it in wide arcs across the beach the figures stomp towards you across sand that's turned to gravel away from a sea that's turned to acid as they come closer you can hear the sound of their shallow breathing Amplified by the masks. This is what your handler was referring to, you realize. This is what comes next. And now that you've seen it, you're beginning to wish you hadn't. Dozens of metal barrels bob out of the ocean, trapped between tangled tentacles of plastic waste so thoughtlessly discarded. The ocean itself glistens with a kaleidoscopic sheen of pollution. Hold on! you say to the approaching figures. I've changed my mind. Let me go back. I can stop this from happening. I can make a difference.
0: It's too late for that.
1: Says a voice from behind one of the gas masks. You squint into the visor and recognize the face of your handler staring out at you. He seems older somehow, but it's hard to tell behind the curved glass.
0: You wanted to see the future, and now there's no going back.
1: But you went back.
0: One day, you might return as a hologram in order to succeed where I have failed.
1: Your handler says to you. His eyes look weary behind the mask, and up this close, you could tell his skin is definitely more lined with age than it was when you first met him on the jetty.
0: One way or another, I'm sure you'll agree. This is not an acceptable future.
1: And gazing out at the rolling ocean and the neon-lit wrongness of the clouds of pollution in the sky... You know that he's right. Somebody has to do something. Uh, The uh, end. uh, Field report. Recruit 458 has displayed the following character traits. Contemplative, impatient, inquisitive. Recruit 458 has witnessed the post-event world and as such is no longer able to participate in pre-event operations. Further determinations about the recruits' possibility for holographic reconnaissance missions will follow. Rating, three out of five.
0: Ooh, ouch. We're only average there, Brett.
1: So we were too careful, is we basically were what too we're We careful. Told.
0: We wanted to see the future so much that we were willing to give up our ability to uh, affect it in the here and now.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we got the uh, don't rock the boat ending so I'm a little sad I, I, I suppose that makes sense is that I, I made the obvious or careful choices each time uh, instead of running gung-ho into danger and uh, and seeing what, what to do with that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to know what would have happened uh, if we had gone the other direction
1: oh it's the uh, the Kilcady reserve yeah Sure or not, eh?
0: All right. Let's do this. Um, So. Mm, lots of uh, beautiful birds there. Uh, Kilcady Reserve, if I remember, is over this way. So let's maybe drop ourselves here. So this is the beautiful reserve here. There's some lovely, um, so it's a... It's a lovely, um, uh, park with, uh, banksia trees. So banksia are, are a type of, um, tree that has a red bottle brush flower. Okay. Um, and, uh, some, some lovely like park and playground equipment. Um, you can't tell from this far out, but there's also a little river or a little creek running in behind there as well. Um, and uh, just lots of very lovely, you know, banksia trees, um, uh, some nicer, some nicer uh, eucalyptus, um, and just a lovely little park that kind of just wanders its way along the creek here at the back. So let us see what would have happened if we had chosen to unleash our superweapon. mm uh-huh. As you approach the playground, you spot your handler standing down by the water. There's a little duck on his shoulder and several others paddling about nearby. This is a peaceful park, nestled away between suburban streets like an oasis. There's a sense of sanctuary here.
1: Did you know that you're not supposed to feed the ducks with bread?
0: Says your handler as you arrive.
1: Apparently it's bad for their digestion. Well, what are you supposed to feed them, then?
0: You ask.
1: In fact, there's no need to feed them at all. They are perfectly capable animals, in possession of all the necessary faculties to feed themselves. They're at one with the world around them, asking nothing of nature that it does not provide. But today, we're going to make a small exception.
0: Your handler emotions towards the stone drinking fountain set beside the creek. Inside is a crumpled paper bag that contains what appears to be seeds.
1: Feed them some of those. I don't understand.
0: You say, not for the first time today.
1: Didn't you say there was some sort of weapon here somewhere? Feed the ducks.
0: Your handler says. You'll see. First, you treat yourself to a mint. Why should the ducks get a treat and not you? Then you reach reach into the bag and scatter a few seeds for the ducks. Several of them waddle closer. At first, nothing exceptional seems to be happening, but you become gradually aware of a looming darkness and a strange sound like the flapping of wings. Look, says your handler. There. There. You look up and realize that hundreds, if not thousands, of ducks are descending on Kilcaldy Reserve, desperate for a sample of these seemingly irresistible seeds. The sound of wings is overwhelming. Several ducks snap at the bag at your hands until it breaks apart and falls to the grass at your feet. The ducks swarm on the seed, quacking and clanking their bills as they chow down on the firm, special recipe. This is the
1: weapon?
0: You ask as the wing of one especially rowdy duck buffets you in the face. Your handler stands back and watches. That same duck still remains perched quite comfortably on his shoulder.
1: For too long, humans have run right over this planet,
0: your handler says. The duck on his shoulder bobs his head as he speaks as though agreeing.
1: This time, the natural order was rebalanced and our billed compatriots take back the earth. Is this me or is this the handler?
0: This this is the handler.
1: The duck apocalypse is upon us.
0: <laughs> and unless you've seen it for yourself you would have thought that he'd gone utterly quackers. <laughs> Field report. Recruit 458 has displayed the following character traits: contemplative, impatient, experimental. Recruit 458 has successfully tested the magic seeds, which will soon be distributed en masse to all local reserves. Mankind has been saved from itself, and the planet has been preserved for all other living species, particularly the ducks. The recruit, however, has not been seen since. They will nevertheless live in on fable and song as the duck bringer, harbringer of ducks. Rating harbinger up. of ducks. Harbi- harbi- harbinger of ducks. Rating four out of five.
1: Ooh. Much <laughs> improved.
0: So honestly, this branch has not gone well for us. Yeah. <laughs> Both poor endings. Mm-hmm. Um it seems like we have uh we have um uh been uh told off for being uh contemplative yet impatient.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Mhm. Uh, so we have set off the duck apocalypse and then also given up our chance to save an apocalypse.
1: So bum, bum, So did bum. did the you did it's a different apocalypse though. Like it sounds like we nature did not get destroyed
0: but no, that like exactly. I'm I'm
1: guessing that humanity kind of fades um, into the into the background.
0: Exactly exactly Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens there so in this one humanity survives but nature does not in this one nature survives but humanity
1: does not interesting Mm -hmm. i'm one thing is i like what uh what he's done here and i'm not sure if this was the reason he uh the writer did it uh this this mint dropping thing makes me curious about whether it's relevant in any of the other chapters which is kind of a cool thing to do in a choose your own adventure where you have these little hints of like what the other paths might uh, might have i mean they might all just mention that you have mints at random times but like
0: no you that's... are correct it is uh, a helpful thing for you in a uh, particular branch of the story mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so uh and and what's interesting is not all of the stories like end the same way either like so down this way is kind of like an apocalypse line but like down another direction um we end up um doing away with the firm um okay time portal uh related oh wow um in another one we end up finding buried treasure cool um in another one, uh, more uh, agents are joining us. They seem friendly agents, though. So this appears to be a good ending mm-hmm, um,
1: for mm-hmm.
0: all. Uh, and in yet another one, uh, we end up in a fight. Oh, cool. In um, uh, yet another one, train <laughs> um, the train station.
1: The power bam straight out of the old Batmans.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And in uh, another one,
1: Firm Fitness Foundation. Wow, feel firm. Great. <laughs> yeah, I I really like the uh, the writing style, which combines like uh, I guess life philosophy with um, dark and brooding, mm-hmm. uh, with with like just that like subtle line of whimsy that goes through it all. That it's kind of poking fun of itself. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah yeah uh michael did a did a, a a superb job of uh of this one and uh and you know grange is just this lovely it's a very chillax seaside town um just with like yeah some some lovely lovely areas to just go wandering and then at the end you know you can get yourself an ice cream if it's if it's summer or uh hang out on the jetty you know do a bit of fishing if you want to so um i think i what i like about this. Um, Is that it takes a very suburban area and manages to have these really really interesting adventures um in areas like you know a church and like you know just like a general seaside and like at a park and and it manages to kind of turn them into you know the duckpocalypse and and um you know uh, so so i really enjoy um that aspect of it as well so if if anyone else is like brett curious about the mint reference and uh, wanting to know where they might have ended up if they had chosen differently maybe become warriors uh from the the beginning who knows um then uh you can always download story city at about.storycity.app uh turn on spoiler mode uh and uh and then uh either tap your way through to figure out how your story would have ended or if you live in Adelaide, head on out to Grange for a delightful afternoon by the seaside, uh, while uh, you uh, determine whether or not you trust the firm. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you so much, Michael, for the wonderful story um, and 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 letting us uh, share that with the with the world thank you so much amanda for your delightful illustrations um taking as uh brett said some of the the old school comic book uh era um but also you know um uh not shying away from the uh the uh the fun of uh of people in very tight leggings uh feeling firm (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate that uh if you are watching adventure hour for the first time or listening to us on the podcast we do this every week either on a thursday or friday afternoon next week it is again going to be on a thursday evening here in north america friday in the Australasian region we're going to be talking to christopher healy and tamara pratt and we are going to be seeing if we are going to survive a zombie apocalypse nice in brisbane Uh, This one is probably one of the darker stories on the app. It is definitely an M15 plus rating. Uh, Whereas this one here, the firm uh, was a more of a PG um, kind of family friendly story. Uh, Whereas the one that we're going to be doing next week is definitely M15 plus. There's like, killing zombies with stiletto heels and you know all sorts of things right so so uh that's that'll be uh next week with uh Christopher Healy and Tamara Pratt who are the uh, musicians and the author of that piece um and uh and every monday of course we run uh, the Creator Labs, where we invite you to come and join us. If you have a story, whether it's a film, uh, interactive game, uh, a, a book, and you're wanting to bounce ideas off someone, you're wanting to check uh, whether something makes sense, you're wanting to get out of writer's block, please come brainstorm with us um we do it every monday at 4 p.m mst time uh or around 10 a.m in the Australian region so on a on a tuesday morning so please come join us brett as always thank you so much for being my co-host this week and uh we will see everybody next week